Welcome to the Shabby and Man podcast. We are partners, parents, podcasters, broadcasters and everything else in between. And what a week it's been. What a month it's been of sports. Mm. We've had football, we've had tennis, we've had cricket, we've at the moment got the the motor racing, we've got um, the British Grand Prix happening right now. Mm. We've got golf, the yeah. open is happening. in uh, sandwich which is in kent just not too far from us is that where the earl of sandwich came from and uh, i'm not sure hmm. probably yeah yeah and, and we've got the olympics not not long now uh, about two more weeks to go before the olympics kick off in um, yeah i'm very confused about that one because today i heard that um, already there's been one case yeah it hasn't been started yet yeah and people are already talking about what a different experience is going to be because there's going to be no audience there's going to be you'll have to put it your own medals be, on or something like that it must be really really strange with no spectators yeah you just dive into the pool or do the 100 meters it's It'll be a weird feeling. And not just that, when you win, when you're on the podium, you're supposed to put the medal around your neck yourself. That kind of takes away a bit of the fun as well. And apparently, even before and after the sporting events, they will have to be confined to the games village, as it is called. So no sightseeing, no having fun for the journalists. So very, very strange experience. But then these are strange Who times. Who cares about the journalists? We're talking about the actual athletes who yeah. just spent four hard years training. Training for Make this. Make that five. Yeah, 5 years. Yes. Why 5 years? Because it didn't happen last year, remember? The same reason that Euro 2020 is taking place in 2021. Oh, it was meant to happen last year. Yes. Oh. Well, you forgot about that conveniently. Well observed. Let's talk about the biggest sporting event that uh the world enjoyed, well, well some people did enjoy it. Europe enjoyed. Yes, Europe enjoyed, but it was equally talked about in India and elsewhere in the world, I think. I think uh, South America had their own cup. Yeah. Didn't they? Yeah. Which, Finally Messi won a cup. Mm. That's a different story altogether. Mm. Um so Argentina won something there. So let's talk about the Euro. Shall we specifically talk about the finals? Yeah, let's talk about the finals. What's your take on it? Well, just hamare sab shrotaon ko bata de ki kaise don no that England lost on penalties mm. to Italy. Yeah. It didn't come home. It jumped on the Eurostar. It crossed the North Sea and went straight to Rome. It went to. Yeah, it's not coming home. Yeah, it's gone to Rome. Yeah. Did you see all those hashtags and all? Because oh my God! We've spent. I think all we heard on the radio and wherever you went was it's coming home. It's coming home. Yeah. And um, well, it didn't. It was meant to come home after 55 years. That's what made it so poignant. That for 55 years, England, as a footballing nation, where it all started and which has one of the most coveted, most famous clubs in the whole world, has never been in a position to win anything substantial in football for the what last you mean, 55 has one years. Of the, it has many coveted clubs. Uh, no, as in, uh, sorry, football league, oh, many oh. clubs, but league, right? Uh, everybody who's anybody in football wants to come and play in the English league. Uh this was the first time in 55 years that they had a chance of winning a trophy. First uh, time in 55 years it got to the final. The final. Of course That the last time it was the World Cup. Is such a big right? thing. Yeah, this is also something people are pointing out. The last time it was the World Cup this time it's the Euros. Nonetheless, in 55 years the first time in a final and it it just you know losing on penalties is always heartbreaking no matter what which team you are. Yeah. I I know if you're neutral it's great fun hmm. to watch. Yeah. But if it's your team playing and you lose on penalties that's you've gone you've just gone to the edge you've yeah. nearly done it. It's a matter of luck then. You know skill is out of the window because uh well I mean he's a good goalkeeper. Uh-huh. Let's not forget it. The Italian goalkeeper the Italian is brilliant. Goalkeeper. Yeah. And he's this, also incredibly tall. Yeah. 
that helps, I suppose, if you're a goalkeeper. And this time, the experience was different for two reasons, I felt, for me. A, because obviously London was the scene of the action, just around the corner from us, Wembley Arch, Wembley, that's where everything was happening. And because of this 55-year curse, the entire nation left, dropped everything and was behind the team. And B, because we've got two teenage boys now, especially the older one who's 16, he's very much into football. He, he took it to heart. He took it to heart. And one I, of his heroes from Arsenal, Saka, was part of the final and became a big story later. Is the guy who missed the final penalty. Yeah. So I was having many conversations with him because I remember he had the pleasure of going and watching it on the big screen with his friends. Then they went out to central London a couple of times. They really followed the English team all the way through, right? And that was quite scary in itself because if you looked at the scenes of mm. violence, hooligans, mm. you know, absolute I, I, carnage. I, I think the British fans got a very bad name that day. Yeah. Which and was last Sunday only. I which was last happens. Sunday, yeah. Um, and, you know, I was talking to him and he said that it's while... Of course, it became racism became the big story the next morning, right? And you were telling me that as soon as those three footballers who missed the penalties, as soon as that happened, you knew that people were going to pick on their their race, yeah, because right? As you as you pointed out, that all three just happened to be happened black. to be black. And while I think the entire nation stood behind these three lions, you know, there were so many hashtags, so many people saying that you know it's it's completely the wrong uh, attitude to take, and it, this is not about race. This is about these boys giving us that feel good factor in a year that has just seen so much heartbreak already. You know, we're still coming out of the pandemic and we're still grappling with the after effects. You know, they brought the nation together. They got us together. They got us something to sing and dance about. You know, but saying that, Italy has had just as bad no, a pandemic. that's true. That's true. But, you know, my son, having a conversation with him, he said something quite interesting. He said that, you know, sadly, we live in a world where you can't separate race from sporting glory. Because he said that if you were to criticize a footballer on their game, you know, regardless of the color of their skin, now what happens is ethnicity and race becomes the big story. You know, you can't say something, you can't criticize someone without highlighting especially if they are non-whites, right? I, I know where you're going with this because he told me the same thing. I think that when he said it... Mm. It was, was disappointed. He was really disappointed and yeah. hurt yeah. that... Uh, you talk about Marcus Rashford. Yeah. He said that Marcus Rashford should Sh have scored. Should have scored because, you know, they get paid so much. They practice day in, day out. And and what's worse, I mean, or from a sporting, from a football he perspective... He sent the goalkeeper in the wrong he direction. He sent the goalkeeper in the wrong just direction. Just hit the post. I, mean, I said to him, these pressure. Things, I said, these things happen. Yeah, these things happen, and, of course. And I said, well, don't forget about what a great guy Marcus Rashford is, what he's done for kids. Yeah. Free school meals. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, but uh, Elder said, no, 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 don't confuse, confuse the, the two, two issues. He's, he's a great guy. He's a great guy, but we're talking about how badly he <laughs> And he says many players played, played badly on yeah. that day. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, I, I don't want to say this, but he said that the England captain was hardly seen in the second half. Yeah, well, there you go. So everybody, the analysis led to so many conversations. You know, people saying, as you're saying, that these kids were brought in at the, at the last minute. They didn't get a chance to touch the ball or warm up. And they were thrown into the deep end. Don't forget, taking a penalty is hard enough. But you have 55 years of disappointment and the expectation of 60 million people tied to your feet when you took that, when these kids took the penalty. Not defending them, but that's the way it panned out. And sadly, such a great sporting event ending on such a sour note. Because I think it got overshadowed by, uh, yeah, by it, the racism. Yeah, and I it think got, it went, the story went around the world. Yeah, absolutely. That's the face of England the world saw. No, but they are, they are saying that a lot of the tweets that came in hmm. were coming in from abroad. Hmm. But that 
that doesn't mean that doesn't mean. all coming from abroad. Many yeah. are coming from their own fans. Yeah. You know, I've got a few friends who were there at Wembley uh, on the day of the final and they said that we've never been in this kind of an atmosphere. While we were hoping that it would be we would an unforgettable evening for all the right reasons, but sadly it was also a day we saw so much Again, fueled by alcohol because was, everybody had started was drinking. Broken glass. Yeah. People uh, storming into Wembley, those who didn't have tickets. There were so many people who went in who didn't have tickets. Yeah. It was like, it was mayhem. But, uh, well, let's put it behind us. It's been a week since uh, all that happened and uh, Qatar is now what people are trying to focus on. Here it comes. Uh, I, this time it's happening in November, December. Hmm. Because it's so hot in the summer months hmm. there. Hmm. Well, it's hot everywhere, but especially there. Yeah. And they're doing it, I think, in November, hmm. in the middle of November next year. I also so that'll feel, be exciting. Uh, yeah, I, and I also feel that the young fans, like, you know, our sons, I feel that they'll get over it much sooner because they haven't seen the 55 years of hurt, right? They've only been following the team seriously well, for the last five, they've six heard years. About it. They've thanks only heard of it. Thanks to that song that keeps playing repetitively. Yeah. Uh, it's coming home, it's coming home. So yeah, I think, th you know, just to take something positive from it, people are focusing on the fact that it's a young team, which means that they've got their moments of glory ahead of them it, if they play it's well. It's a very young team. Do you? Yeah. Look at the three guys who miss Yeah, penalties. That's what we're calling them kids. 19, 21 and 23. Yeah. yeah. So it's young. So it's young. Uh, let's talk about something else that happened on the same day. Uh, Djokovic making history in Wimbledon. Now, uh, oh, I thought you were going to say that uh, we're watching Wimbledon hmm. and there's David Beckham and Tom Cruise. Yep. And then you're watching the football in the evening yeah. and there's David Beckham and Tom Cruise. Yeah. What's going on? But it's also very strange. Like, they do did you a, remember? They did a quick uh, Capra change, but. No, that they did and they must have, I'm sure, had chauffeur driven cars that either yeah. you know, took them. Beckham is wearing a white jacket for Wimbledon and a. Uh, Blue, dark blue jacket for um, yeah. I can. I'm sure he can afford to have two suits. I'm sure he has more than one. So he did a quick. Well, he's uh, better off than me then. Uh, yes, <laughs> in more ways than one. But uh, do you remember how strange it was when we were watching them at Wimbledon? Our son said, "Oh, we know that Tom Cruise is going to be there in Wembley this evening as well because they've just told, announced the guest list." Yeah. I thought that the camera just happened to pan on places where they know no, VIPs no, would be no, sitting. No, no, no. There's like a royal box guest list, huh. so, so which I is know, made public in advance. Yeah, because um, apart from all the dignitaries, huh. there was Tom Cruise, Kate Moss, I think. Yeah. The names have come beforehand. Hmm. You're talking about Wimbledon here? No, about the, the World Cup. Yeah, huh. not the World Cup, the Euros. The Euros, sorry. Huh. You had dignitaries from Italy as well, of course. That's what they announced before. They don't announce the Wimbledon one. Huh. Wimbledon one, they don't, of course. And Wimbledon, of course, we saw Priyanka Chopra in the Royal Box. She was sitting behind... Some legends. Huh. Some tennis legends. I think she was behind... Uh, Billie Jean King. Billie Jean King and all, yeah. And, of course, uh, Royal Prince Royal William Royal. And, and Kate. Uh, so that was Wimbledon. And um, for the first time, there was a Bengali kid again. 17-year-old Samid Banerjee. Now, I love the way that you... Claim him as a Bengali kid. His name is Banerjee. There's no escaping the Bengali a, roots. He's American. Yes. He's never been to India. Oh, he's been to India a few times, I'm sure. No, I think he said that he hasn't been there. Okay. First point. Yeah. Second point, I believe in India in the newspapers, the haggling and fighting over whether he's from Hyderabad or he's from Assam or he's from Bengal. I believe he's a Bengali from Assam, specifically from a place called Digboi, which is where one of my very close friends comes from as well. Um, that is where his grandfather was. So, so you have this affiliation, affiliation towards him because one Absolutely. of your friends lives where his grandfather came no, from? No, that's a double affiliation because A, because he's a Bengali, I'm Bengali as well, and B, because his grandfather came from a place where my 
friend comes from as well. So Samir Banerjee won the boys singles um, trophy at Wimbledon and obviously they're saying that is he one to watch out for because that's where they graduate. The next one is playing you know what really blew my mind? Hmm. He's 17. Yeah. And he's just a couple of months older hmm. than our eldest. Yeah. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. And uh, this Again, there's something about Wimbledon that happened this year for the first time, at least to our knowledge, that's never happened before. What which is that? that the story came out a few days later that they were investigating two matches. Now, it's gone very quiet now, so we don't know whether the investigation is closed or whether it's ongoing. You, you mean about uh, match fixing? Match fixing. Match fixing that's allegations that Wimbledon is very exactly, strange. Exactly. I was going to say that's a very cricket, cricket thing. Cricket kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I hate to say this, but it's something that was and prevalent I, in the Asian subcontinent, no, right? And it's, it's very, it's, it's done here with horse racing as well. Mm, really? So, yeah, it's around the world. But it's hard to do, right? Because here you've got authorities who are keeping an eye on. I believe that's how they broke the story, saying that two matches where bettings were suspiciously, they suddenly changed at the last minute. You know, they've not told us which two matches they I mean, are. Suspicious betting activity. Suspicious betting activity. So that means there's somebody who's keeping an eye on these things, right? Uh, just to make sure that everything is fair and square. So that's Wimbledon's uh, squeaky clean image tarnished kind of just a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of thing you see in movies that, especially in boxing and all, you know, huh. they're, they're going to take a hit in the third round. Yeah. But there was another non-story at Wimbledon. I'm, you told me about it. That some uh, total non-story. Asian lady who was complaining about the fact she that when she put a post up her, on Instagram, huh. which the Asian media here picked up on, picked up on, where she said that while sitting in Wimbledon, hmm. she ate a thepla, hmm. and the person next to her stared at her something, huh. but, and whatever. So she put it on Instagram, and on Instagram she got some comments saying, "We really shouldn't eat smelly food at Wimbledon then." Huh. And while there were just as many people saying that if others can eat their sandwich, yeah. why can't we eat our thepla and Anyway, that's a completely a non-story. Um, so that's Wimbledon and Euros both on the same day. Now, let's talk about some of the other stuff. Cricket. Cricket was a huge thing because these poor players had to come to England. Mm. They had to come to Southampton. Yeah. This is the Rose Bowl. Yeah. And they had to isolate for 10 days, 14 days. Oh, you say poor players. Come on, Virat and Anushka have been posting selfie after selfie while they were in quarantine. This is my breakfast. This is my workout. This is the back of my beautiful daughter's head. They've been doing all of that. Oh, have they? Yes. Well, it was a, it was like the ultimate test match to find out the world's greatest test team, whatever, yeah. against India and New Zealand. Hmm. And New Zealand won. Yeah. Now, uh, the, the first day was a complete washout. I they didn't have anything. Two, three days. Two, three days. So they had an extra day. Yeah. And it was a bit, was it a bit of a nail-biting finish? Because India had a chance right till the end. Yeah, and it was only on the last day that I they... I didn't really follow it. Hmm. So I don't really... It didn't really get much publicity here. Yeah. But you're telling me that England are playing Pakistan right now. They are. Right? Yeah. So, um, and um, yesterday, hmm. Pakistani finally won their first match. They won T20. T20. Hmm. So um, that was quite good for Pakistan. Yeah. And then I think in England is playing India soon here. The players are still here, I think. Mm. Oh. oh, that's another thing. There was a photograph of Rishabh Pant huh. at Wembley hmm. for the semi-finals. Hmm. And now, uh, two, three days ago, we heard that he's got COVID. Oh, gosh. So the Indian team now has to isolate. And I don't know what the stories are, what's going to happen. Hmm. But, but then also saying that... new ball game. We are also recording on a weekend which comes just before a historic Monday where all COVID restrictions would be lifted. Nobody would need to isolate unless they have symptoms themselves. And a lot is changing dramatically. So yeah, I think that's for another podcast. Where do you stand with some shops saying, uh, a very famous bookshop is saying that we want you to wear masks. Yeah. 
while uh, another very famous coffee shop is saying that we don't want you to wear masks. Wear masks yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Did you say there's a bit of golf happening uh, today? Yeah, that's what I said. It's in um, St. George's Sandwich. is in, is in um, Kent. Yeah. Ah. And um, let's face it, you and me don't follow golf. No. But it's a big, it's a big, it's the Open. The European I only open. know the Masters. That's in America. Well, it, I don't know. Augusta. Sometimes here, huh. sometimes it's there. Huh. It's, sometimes it's up in Scotland, isn't it? Mm -hmm. St. Andrews, right? Yeah. And uh, then you said uh, the Grand Prix, the British Grand Prix. Yeah. With, look, it's, uh, is it the British Grand Prix or the English Grand Prix? It's the, uh, it's the British Grand Prix. It is the British Grand Prix. Okay. It's in Silverstone. Huh. And uh, you know how much I love Lewis Hamilton because mm -hmm. I feel that he stands up. He's really made a difference to the sport. He's actually standing up for black power. Mm -hmm. He's trying to make a change. He's commissioned a report recently. Mm -hmm. I think it said like 1% of people who work in motorsport mm. are black or ethnic minorities. So, But that is because it is a rich man's sport, isn't well, it? so is tennis. Look at Serena Williams and all. They managed to do it. Yeah. So is golf. Look at Tiger Woods. No, but this is even more than that because let's face it, you're not going to have access to a formula. I mean, there's all, to practice I, well, when on. I say look at them, I mean, there's only one or two that kind of yeah. do it. Mm. But this year... Uh, right now, Lewis Hampton is behind, I think, Max Verstappen. Hmm. So it's going to be very exciting tonight to see hmm. who makes it. Yeah. But you're saying that, you know, since footballers started taking the knee as well, and since this whole thing became quite prominent and people started talking about race and how, you know, uh, uh, it affects your standing in sport and in life, in your, in your job and everything else. This is when he's become quite vocal because Lewis Hamilton has been at the top of his game for the last, what, decade? I know, but he's... But it's only yeah, now I think, I that think he's, since that George Floyd incident, yeah. he has become very vocal and all power to him. Hmm. Of course, taking the knee is a very controversial subject here at the moment. Hmm. Many people, I mean, I personally think it's it just means that you're against racism. Yeah, and that you're showing your solida solidarity. But right? there are many people who think that it's uh, you're supporting the black power movement of America. Hmm. We want to defund the police. Hmm. So, you know, there's, so there's a political spin on a, that. Yeah. So it's a very complex. Maybe we'll do a podcast on hmm. on that as well. Hmm. Now, we've spoken about the Olympics already. I'm sure in two weeks time when we do our Sorry, next podcast. Sorry, what is this podcast about? Sports? Yes, it is about sport. So uh, we've spoken about the Olympics, right? Yeah. So have you uh, just out of interest, have you ever met any uh, celebs, sporting celebs? Not lately, but when I was growing up, yes. Many I've told you this many times um, that. Um, I mean, like when I say sporting steps, I don't mean just sports. I mean your idols. Your my heroes. idols. I have, as it happens. I remember writing a letter to Sunil Gavaskar when I was at university, and he actually replied to me. And that letter came to me to my Miranda House hostel address. I still remember. I just it. imagine it. What was it? Dear Sunil, sir. No, no I am your no, biggest sir. fan. Yeah, I'm your biggest fan. No. Here's here's some of my blood. No, of course not. I must have written a very cheeky and witty because that's why I liked him. Out of all the cricketers, I liked him the best because he was always, you know, he. He had a cheeky comment to make, even when India were down on the dumps in the dumps and they hadn't done too ba uh, too well. So he replied to me and he said to me, um, "Right, you're in uh, at university in Delhi. Where the Indian cricket team is going to be at the Taj Hotel on such and such day. We are being given a reception by so and so. Why don't you come and see me?" Uh, so I remember going with a friend of mine and we had the best time ever. These are pre-selfie days naturally, so we took a photograph and I'm sure that framed photograph autographed by Gavaskar. Uh, um, Obviously, I took a photograph of him, which he autographed there and there, and then we took photographs on the camera. All of that is somewhere in my mom and dad's house still. Still remember. But that was my first brush with actually meeting a world-famous uh, sports star who I absolutely idolized. Then there was Imran Khan. I was 
equally yeah. into Imran Khan. Oh, was, I've heard so many of stories of how obsessed you. Do you have yeah. scrapbooks? And I everything? had scrapbooks. And then I remember... This is what, the late 80s? This is the late 80s, when Imran Khan was a national heartthrob in India. You know, this was the time before politics made it virtually impossible for either Indian players to go to Pakistan or Pakistan to come to India. So I remember in the 80s, Pakistan must have come at least two or three times to India during my growing up years. Didn't he do that famous ad? He did an ad for Synthol. It was soap, wasn't it? was it? a soap called Synthol. Yeah. Because, you know, Parmeshwar Godrej, Mrs. Godrej. Good friend of his. Good friend of his. And I think they they say that in the history of their campaigns, and they've had Bollywood stars and you name it as their ambassadors, no campaign has been as successful as that Synthol campaign. You know, we had to send in three Synthol wrappers to get a, I still remember, a red T-shirt with Imran Khan's uh, uh well, it's almost like a sketch. Oh, he's lecturing at the back. A sketch and an autograph printed oh. on the back and synthol written on the front. And my sister and I, we both got ours individually. So we were so thrilled. But that's not what uh, I want to talk about. I remember this was when my father was posted in Kanpur. And this is probably the first time my father actually used his official powers to uh, do something for me because I was such a big fan. You know, my father was the postmaster general. I thought your father was a secretary of uh, the post. It would be easy for him. Yeah, he retired as the head of the Indian Post Office. But back then, I'm talking about, you know, 20 years before he retired. Um, we were in Kanpur then and the Pakistan cricket team was playing in Lucknow, which is, you know, not too far from, you know, Lucknow, Gorakhpur, all of that I as do, well, right? So they were playing in Lucknow. And this was the year of my A-levels. So I couldn't take time off and go and watch the match or whatever. And Imran Khan's autobiography had come out six months ago. So what? I had the autobiography. Never can get there. Class 12. Class 12, board exams. So I had his autobiography. My dad sent someone from Kanpur who went to Lucknow, who went to the stadium, who went to the players' dressing room. Naturally, you have to have a bit of influence, right, to have access to all these things. Um, went to the players' dressing room. Imran Khan autographed my book saying, To Shabnam with best wishes, Imran. And the book came back to me. So always, always remember that story. And I'm so, so chuffed, I remember. It's like your own personal post office, basically. It's my uh, personal. I don't know whether Dad's ever done it for anything else, but I do remember that. Um, and there was another famous incident that happened here where you had to enlighten me on what I just missed. Uh, I remember when we're talking about this is when we just come here, and you know, I had just started broadcasting, and we used oh, to do these the, obies, the, the crisp campaign, the crisp campaign. How did I forget that? that? That still makes me laugh. We used to do these outdoor broadcasts, right? Yes, and I'd just did. come here, and uh, football isn't one of my passions. It's not yeah. a sport I follow. Oh, as a, a very road. famous packet of crisps in this country. Yeah, um, but are you not allowed to take any? No, of course, it's called Walker's crisps. Yeah. It was being fronted, it still is actually, by Gary Lineker. Hmm. And I think that was the year they signed Gary Lineker on, him and Mira Sayal and, and you yeah, know, lots of celebrities from different walks of life. So when, you, when he was standing with your microphone in some shop, you weren't sure who was going to turn we up. We were doing an outdoor broadcast for yeah. Walkers and we were told that a celebrity would turn up. And uh, after a while, uh, there I was and th somebody just, you know, came, walked up to me, uh, an elderly, very sweet looking elderly, smart elderly gentleman in a suit, linen suit. I remember it was very hot that day. And then I was asked to interview him and I interviewed him saying that, okay, sir, because he was he came as the representative for Walkers. Mm. I said, so there must be a specific campaign that we were talking about. So we had a chit chat. We had a five, six minute live interview. And then as he was walking away, I saw there were loads of people in that supermarket including my co-presenters from here who made a beeline for him and they wanted to take photographs with him they wanted to take his autograph and i had 
no idea who he was it was only when i came home and i said to you listen have you heard of uh, someone called jeff hurst and i had to say sir jeff hurst who scored the hat trick the world cup 1966 what do you mean have you got a photo where's the selfie Yeah. And nothing. Autograph. You're not even an autograph and ironically I was the one who interviewed him on radio. You know, I had I could have had as many photos and as many autographs as I wanted, but I had absolutely no idea who he was. Again, coming back to the Euros, that is why it was such an iconic moment because the last time England won was in 1966. Any and every player in that World Cup winning squad is a legend in this country and Sir Jeff Hurst happened to be sadly, at, at the time he was one of the three footballers who were alive at the time I right sadly many have passed away many have passed away but at the time he was only one of the three really? so, yeah oh. there were there were two other footballers who you told me were still alive so he was only part of that's 20 years ago I'm talking about nearly 20 They're years still ago. Are, I think Bobby Charlton I don't know the third one was uh, so that was that uh, that was my brush with a super celebrity in this country without even knowing what's oh, strange is that you did this crisp thing here hmm. and you just come from India hmm. where you were the crisp girl in India went to uncle chips bole mere lips yeah bole mere lips uncle you know chips. what this incident reminds me of what? it's like you and I last year right after lockdown going and watching a film with Tom Cruise without even knowing we were watching it with Tom Cruise yeah it's exactly like that what about you you tell me about how many of your stars you've I met the only one who well I was starstruck I've mentioned this story many times before is like 30 years later hmm. I was walking down the street in uh, in near Sloan Square some posh place I was walking down hmm. and I saw this guy and I did an about turn hmm. and like a stalker I followed him because hmm. I, I realized where it was hmm. and it was a guy called Daley Thompson. Hmm. And as a kid, yeah, even I know him. I used to have his poster, Decathlon, he used to do a Lucasaid ad. Hmm. And you know, I think my legs tend to because I really used to as a 10-year-old or something, hmm. really used to idolize him. Hmm. So that was one big one. And I remember in, in school once, we had a school fete and we had a celeb come in. Hmm. And he was going to charge 5p or 10p per autograph which was going to some charity. Hmm. And he was a boxer. Have you ever heard of Henry Cooper? No. Well, he uh he was famous when I, when he was signing autographs and mm-hmm. all. He was famous for doing the brute ad, brute um after shave. After shave and all. Huh. But um I think his big he's a very famous boxer he was. Mm. I think his biggest claim to fame was that in 1966 mm. he decked Muhammad Ali and Muhammad Ali went flying down. Mm. But then got up again and beat Henry Cooper. <laughs> Flattened him. Yeah, no, huh. but so but he was a great boxer. Mm. So I remember getting an autograph with him and my mom probably taking a photograph. Mm. You, know, so you probably let me jog your memory a little bit here. You've probably forgotten that your days in Delhi were maybe because you were part of the invited guest oh, like, list. No, like that. You had a brush with quite a few stars and royalty at the Jaipur Polo Ground. Yeah, oh, was, you're right. I used to go to the Jaipur Polo Ground and I you're talking about How um, did you get on the guest list is what I want to know. You know it's called the Zeitgeist at the time I was on radio, I was writing columns. Yeah. Just get you just get invited to places mm-hmm. and you're right. Um, always um uh Mansur Ali Khan uh Putaudi and uh, Shamil Tagore were always like the chief guests always there yeah and uh, because polo is a royal sport yeah, in yeah. india it was it still is it's heavily uh, patronized by the royals and because of the association Shamil Tagore yeah, yeah, yeah because <laughs> of the association with Mansur Ali Khan Putaudi and Shamil Tagore who were virtually there at every polo event you would yeah. often have Uh, you didn't have Karina on the scene then but you would have Saif Ali Khan yeah, yeah, so I see them all the time yeah, yeah. and the models all the models uh, yeah, from yeah, Delhi yeah. and uh, a lot of sports stars you bump into all the time so I remember everywhere I'd go I'd see Kapil Dev and all hmm. the Delhi based yeah. stars yeah. so yeah so I saw them but I'm talking about ones that when I was a kid who I was really star struck by hmm. you know hmm. 
and especially i think in london i know that very often not talking specifically about sports here but very often we see people for instance i remember once seeing uh, vanessa redgrave um, walk out of the stage door in the afternoon possibly after rehearsals because i know that people stand at the stage door after uh, a performance you know specifically for photographs and autographs but this was in the afternoon so this is just to be in this redgrave fan i wasn't a super fan but of course i knew who she was but here people i would say are very respectful it is very unlike an englishman to actually go and make a fuss or go and make uh, or harass a celebrity in public by asking for autographs and photographs they wouldn't do that even if you knew uh, who that person is and no matter how famous they are they just let you be which is why i think people love being in london more than they love being in la i'm just thinking back to she must have hated me remember once when we got a seat in front of judy dench oh yes i spent all the time just turning around yeah judy dench and her husband yeah. they were on in the seats right behind us this was a press night for a fantastic uh, shakespearean play which was shakespeare in summed up in 3 hours or 2 hours remember yeah, yeah. it went through all of shakespeare's no, I remember famous lady, but i said we kept turning around we kept see, turning around uh, well i kept turning around to see her reactions every time yeah. it must have really annoyed everyone else yeah no because it's not very often that you're seated one row ahead of judy dench um and they, i'm sure i don't know why we're talking about judy dench and redgrave we've taken it away from sports yeah but i think we've spoken about sports and but you know let's also talk about the fact that um um uh, bollywood has uh, uh, somehow ended up uh, as the home of sporting biopics in india you know especially in the last decade if you look at the sporting biopics coming out of uh, india coming out of bollywood we've had films on ms dhoni on mohammad azaruddin merikom priyanka chopra playing the boxer merikom uh, bhag milkha bhag then saina nehwal's biopic came out on digital and recently i heard in the last week that uh, ranbir kapoor might be playing uh, saurav ganguly dada dada ha and uh, we already know that tapsi pannu is playing mithali raj you know in a, and she's but, a great cricketer yeah but again sadly people don't know much about her because she's the women's cricket captain and she is. they have achieved i think far more than the men's team yeah, have yeah. in the last few decades but last few years which which brings me back to um, jokovic hmm. you know when he won wimbledon hmm. he's won 20 grand slams hmm. which is equal to nadal and nadal and federer huh. but i wonder uh, Serena Williams, Steffi Graf, they probably got more, you know. Hmm. Overall sure. you mean? Yeah, I'm not sure. Hmm. I'm must, not sure. Must check that out. So yeah, loads of, you know, why sport is important, why sporting heroes become uh, uh universally worshipped and seen as the pinnacle of why uh, because they inspire glory. people. They inspire people. It's all about blood, sweat and tears. It's all about falling down and getting up again. And uh, of course, not to mention Kabir Khan's 83 the film which is which is specifically looking at India's moment of glory at Lords here winning the World Cup for the first time, and cricket World Cup. Sports actually unites a country together. Yeah, it does. That Doesn't is why what you think. Yeah. That is why the racism Everyone is on the same page for yeah, a bit. That is why the allegations of racism hurt even more because it brought the nation together, you know, talking it, about it the Euros. It definitely did here. Yeah. 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 And not to forget some brilliant documentaries we've seen on uh, Senna and Maradona and both us Asif Kapadia as it happens. <laughs> so naturally Indians I think have a special place in their heart for sporting heroes. That's what it says. But uh, well that's it. I think we've spoken for uh, a very long time this time. That's how much uh, we love our sport and we've been consumed by it in the last uh, Did you want to mention something about Judy Dench or not? I did. I was just thinking. I know I could see because that. Because I know you were staring at me. Exactly. Um it couldn't have been Judy Dench's husband if we saw this only no, a few years I ago, right? No, I think he passed away many years ago. Oh yeah. Well, 
Okay. Nonetheless, we were w sitting one row ahead of Judy Dench. Dame Judy Dench. God, we've spoken a lot today. I know. I think we better say bye. We better say bye. Thanking everyone one more time for downloading us, for recommending us to friends, for listening to this podcast, no matter where you're sitting. We feel a connection with you only because we see the love in our analytics. Thank you very much. Um, you know where to uh, find look, us, find subscribe us. to us on your favorite podcast platform. I've learned that phrase by heart now. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what it means, but it's your your favorite podcast platforms. Platforms or apps, you know. Now, if I asked you what those platforms are, you might uh, hesitate. Yeah. Yes. But we'll see you uh, on the next episode very soon. Till next time. Bye-bye now. Bye.